A reading from Mark 8, 34-9-1. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. And he said to them, Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see that the kingdom of God has come with power. So, David, I sometimes wonder um, what, uh, how the congregation in any church thinks of the word disciple. Is it somebody else who is the disciple? Is it is it, it is it is it some kind of foreign two thousand year old uh, year old sort of concept, or is it a way of life? Um, in my own life, until I um, wandered into corporate bankruptcy in 1989, the year you were born, uh, I never even thought of discipleship. Mm. I was a conventional Christian, somebody who um, uh, honored Christ in the breach rather than in fact. Mm-hmm. I was not a follower of Christ, even though culturally I was a Christian. Uh, I went to schools that had chapel every day. But by the time I went out and uh, went into the world, I was not going into the world to make disciples. I was going into the world to make money. Mm -hmm. Um, This was after I got married, moved to New York, and started climbing the ladder in three different corporations. But there was no discipleship there. And so the whole meaning of the word uh, kind of was off-putting to me as an individual and sort of obstructing my own dreams of who I was going to be. Mm. And it was like in 1989 that uh, that whole concept came crashing down. So the, when, I, when I mentioned the bankruptcy, I, I don't look back and shiver in horror Actually, it was the beginning of my life uh, as God intended it. And I experienced several miracles during this period of two or three years, uh, coming out the other end, not as a different person, but with a person who God was calling into his ministry for me uh, to affect. And that took, that's taken years to determine that God did have a mission for me. But uh, and, and the whole word of disciple and discipleship took on a whole new meaning to me as somebody in the pews rather than the pulpit. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to sort of express that to give sort of some background of, of how I today view discipleship as an incredibly important aspect of my life versus what I thought of it when I was younger and naive and kind of rebellious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this word disciple, it carries the same root as that word discipline. And usually when we think mm-hmm. of discipline, we don't necessarily think of something good. Um, 
And I think for us modern people, it's actually much harder in many ways to become a disciple of someone or something, uh, especially Jesus. Because right here in the text, he says, if we want to be his disciple, the first step is self-denial. And we've been taught by our culture really the opposite of self-denial, what I would either call self-indulgence or self-aggrandizement. Essentially, we've been taught it's all about us. But the first step in becoming a disciple of, of Jesus is to recognize you're not the main character in your story. And I think that's what Jesus is getting at here in Mark chapter 8. And something beautiful happens when you're not the main character in your story. Actually, the, the pressure is kind of off in life. I think part of the reason we deal with so much anxiety and fear and worry is we operate on the opposite assumption that we are the main character of the story. So I love this, how, how he talks about self-denial. I think this is really connected to what James would later write. He talks about God's law, and you would think that this law would be an imposition to our lives. But he actually says, gaze into the perfect law, the law of liberty that sets you free. And I think what James is getting at is it frees us, God's law frees us from us which is what we need freedom from most. That's incredibly beautifully put. And it, it really does ring totally true with me uh, that uh, when you escape the me in the story and understand that you're in God's story and he has a purpose for you in that story, for me, that took forever because I had to shed myself of my own view of myself. And you have that exactly right. And that's very common. Uh, but I'm so grateful for that corporate um, debacle that I experienced because it released me from all kinds of um, ideas of what life was all about. I had actually no idea. And it was that release that actually set me on a course that gets me to today in this podcast. <laughs> 